We are in an incredible book of the Bible, aren't we? Have you enjoyed Romans? Have you guys been enjoying this? We've been in Romans now since January of 2019, and we've been going through this letter. We are so deep in the letter now. We're coming up on chapter 16, which is the last chapter. We're sort of getting to the end of the letter now, but there's some great lessons. And all through chapter 15 of Romans, Paul has been talking about unity. And the reason that he's doing that is because he knows that, and you can, this is sort of, he's mentioned things all along through the whole book of Romans, through the whole letter. But as he got to chapter 15, he really hunkered down and sort of just, just really focused on unity because Paul knew that there were these two primary groups in the church. There were the Jewish folks that were there that had converted to Christianity, and then there were Gentiles. Now, the Jews came from a background of having the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law, you know, and all that. They had the rituals and the festivals and what they could eat and couldn't eat and what they had to do on the Sabbath and all this stuff. They had all those things. And then you had the Gentiles. And the Gentiles, they just come from all kinds of pagan backgrounds, and they worshiped all kinds of false gods, and they had all kinds of rituals and things. And, and in the history of Gentiles in the nation of Israel, there had been, just with the Babylonians and the Egyptians, there had been 500 years where Gentiles literally held the nation of Israel captive as slaves. And so now years have passed, and these two groups of people are in church together. And, and Paul is trying to get the Gospels to the end of the earth, and he's trying to get them to love each other and to live in unity. And so he talks to them in chapter 15 about getting along. And we've talked about that. If you've missed any of those messages, go to heartchurch.org and go to media, and then check out Come Together. Those are our messages uh, as Paul's talked about unity. Today, Paul is going to continue to talk about unity, or he's going to demonstrate through asking for prayer that you, that, about how we can have unity. He's getting towards the end of the letter. And, um, you know, uh, last week we talked about all these different, you know, we talked about some people that, um, well, we're going to, actually, we're going to be talking about that next week. I'm getting my weeks mixed up. Never mind. I don't want to give it away. So, uh, no, he just talked about a lot of people, sent greetings to people and stuff like that. So um, this week he's going to talk about prayer. But um, we're going to be in Romans chapter 15. We're going to be looking at verses 30 through 33. Uh, now, now listen to what Paul says. Uh, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you have given us this. We thank you that you've given us this incredible place in Scripture where it talked to us about coming together as your children, as image bearers of yours. God, and, and now as Paul gets to the end of the letter, God, he, he begins to, to talk to us and about some different things, and he, he, he asked for prayer today. So God, I pray that you help us to take away these lessons that we learned today and that we all climb to our lives. God, that we'll grow and that we'll become more like your son, Jesus Christ, and we'll grow to love each other more and appreciate each other more. God, because we're all created in your image and you love us all. And so God, I give you glory for this. And now open our ears and open our hearts and speak to us in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. All right, well, when we 
read this passage of Scripture, Paul now, he's, he is really just asking for prayer. Uh, he's, he's asking these folks, he's, he, remember last week he talked about that he was going to go to Spain. He said, I'm on my way to Spain, and, and I really um, am, I'm going to come by Rome. I'm going to come through Rome and see all of y'all. But before I get, he probably didn't say y'all, but that's, I'm from Polk County. So he, he's, I'm going to, he goes, I'm going to come see all of y'all. And, um, and he says, but on my way there, and, he, and then when I come by to see you, I hope that you'll help me out and, you know, my travels and all that. And, but, but first I got something else to do. I'm going to stop by Jerusalem. Well, actually, I'm going back to Jerusalem, which was the opposite direction. I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to take an offering that I collected from some Gentile churches to the Jewish believers in Jerusalem uh, because they're struggling. Because because of their faith in Jesus, many of their families won't have anything to do with them. And uh, because of their faith in Jesus, many people won't do business with them, and they're struggling. So I've collected these offerings, and I'm going to take them back to them. So now, as he gets through telling them what he's going to do, and then he says this. He goes, so what I want you to do I want you guys to be praying for me. And he says, I appeal to you by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers and on my behalf. He says, I want you to pray for me. And then he tells them some things to pray for him about. Now, there's some lessons I believe that we can take away from Paul's request for prayer. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm going to really be talking about prayer today. And uh, the first thing that I want you to see is that, that Paul demonstrates through his asking, he demonstrates the importance of asking for prayer. Uh, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, and listen to this, to strive together with me. He's saying, pray for me, pray with me, pray for me in, prayers on, in your prayers on my behalf. So he's saying, pray for me. In the passage, Paul's asking Roman believers to join him in prayer. And and Paul is always doing that. In the letters that he wrote to some of the other churches, he's always asking them to pray for him and to pray for other people. Let me give you a couple of examples. He wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus, the book of Ephesians that we have. And in there, in, in chapter six, verse 18, Paul says, I want you to be praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And he said, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. In other words, I want you to be praying for other people. Be praying for other people. And then in his letter to Timothy, he wrote a letter in 1 Timothy's first letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. He says, first of all, then, I urge, so he's strongly requesting, he's urging. He says, I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people. And he says, even for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And then he says this, this is great in verse three. He says, this is good and it's pleasing in the sight of our God and our Savior. So Paul understood and he taught the importance of prayer. He understood that it was really important that we pray. And, and, and he understood that it's important that we pray for others. And that's what he's talking about here. And he said, I'm asking for your prayers. Well, what I want you to see here is that it's not just important for Paul and the Romans, but this is important for us. This is really important for us. It's important for you and me. We need to do the same things. We need to ask people to join us in prayer. And we need to be regularly in our prayers, praying for other people. 
It's really important that we do that. We believe in prayer in this place, and we're going to talk about this more, but we really do believe in it. We want you to let us know that you want prayer. We want to know what your prayers are. That's why we have those, the crosses. Now, I know right now we're not sticking prayer requests up on the crosses, but, but we're asking you to go online and give us your prayer requests because we don't take those prayer requests lightly. We really pray for them, and we know that we each need each other's prayers. And so Paul is saying that I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray for me. And we need to be doing the same thing. And that's the reason we ask you to put the prayer request up on the crosses. Do you know that when you put a prayer request on the cross or you go online, let me just tell you what happens behind the scenes. Now, maybe you know this already, but here's what happens. We take the prayer requests down or we take them offline and we go into our staff meeting each week and we divide those prayers up. Because when on the crosses, before we stop doing that because of all this stuff, we would have sometimes hundreds of prayer requests. Now, we, we, so we, we've got about, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 people in the staff meeting room. And so we pass around a basket with all the prayer requests and we all take a handful out. And then we go around the table and everyone reads their prayer requests. And we talk about you guys. Oh, you know who that, oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, I didn't know they were in the hospital. Yeah, they've been, well, what's wrong? And we talk. Sometimes it takes an hour. Sometimes it takes two hours. We just take however much time it takes. And we read all the prayer requests. And then we pray. Then usually the way it works is Pastor Danny goes around and he's been, he lists things down as we're praying. And he'll say, hey, uh, Ed, would, or, or somebody, he just says somebody, somebody pray for this person and that person and this person and what they at. And then somebody prays for them. And then he'll say, okay, then somebody pray for these five people. And then somebody prays. We pray for every single request that goes up on that cross. We pray for you. We don't have to do that. I don't have to stand up here and tell you that. We could just go in that room back there and throw them all in the trash and go, somebody say a prayer. We could do that. We don't do that. Why don't we do that? Because we believe God answers prayer. And we believe that when we pray for you that he hears us. And when we pray for you, that he listens and that he responds and that he reacts. Now, he doesn't always do what we want him to do. He answers sometimes in ways we didn't expect, but we know that we can trust him, right? And we believe in prayer. So we want you to ask us, and we're asking you to pray for us, and we, and we want you to talk to us about your prayer requests. We believe that it's really important to pray for, for each other. There's power in prayer. Listen to James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Listen to this last verse, our last part of the verse. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. There is power in prayer. Now, now I'm, I'm going to tell you about an observation as a pastor that I, that I make, that, that I see. This is something that I see. People are kind of hesitant sometimes to ask for prayer. It's like people will come up to me sometimes as a pastor between services or after service, or maybe I get a phone call, it, but they're kind of hesitant. Sometimes they'll tell me, I don't want to bother you. You're not bothering me when you ask me to pray for you. It's what God's called me to do. I'm a believer first. He's called all of us to pray for each other. And I'm your pastor. I'm going to pray for you. You're not ever bothering me when you ask for prayer. Okay? But also, you don't ever have to be timid. You don't ever have to be reluctant. You don't have to ever be a little bit, you know, you know just a little bit skeptical about how it's going to be received. We want you to ask us for prayer. All right, so don't, so don't ever, ever do that. But people are reluctant sometimes. They're a little bit hesitant. But think about it for a moment. 
The moment you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are placed into a community of believers. Universally, you're now brothers and sisters in Christ with every person who has a relationship with Jesus on the planet. Okay, you're in this big family of believers. But then God leads you to a local church, somewhere for you to worship, someplace. And in that local body of believers, that's one of the reasons God puts you here so we can pray for each other. And we can be there for each other. And we can study the word of God to each other, with each other. And we can grow with each other. That's why he does that. So one of the things that I notice is that sometimes you're hesitant. Don't be hesitant. Ask for prayer. Put the requests online. Put them on the crosses. Let us know. Text us. Email us. Call us. Let us know. Because we want you praying for us. We want to be praying for you. Another thing that we see from Paul's uh, little passage here is that there is importance in praying for all things. Uh, there's importance in praying for all things. Listen to what Paul said in 31 and 32. He says, pray that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. Now, there are three things here that we can take away. There are three kind of separate requests, if you will. The first one, Paul says, I want to be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea. Now, why would he pray that? Well, remember, Paul used to persecute Christians. He's going back to Jerusalem. He's going back to a place where all these Jews are going to know who he is. And all these unbelieving Jews that are there hate him because he's a traitor in their eyes. He used to persecute Christian. Then, then God came to him in this amazing experience on the Damascus road. You ought to read about that sometime. And Paul's life was converted and he becomes this guy that writes two thirds of the New Testament. He's always starting churches. He's a just super Christian guy, you know, and, and so all these Jews know that he's building up the kingdom, uh, building up the Christian community and the kingdom of God, and they don't like him. And so he says, one of the things I need y'all to pray for me about is I'm about to go back to a place where a bunch of people don't like me. Y'all need to pray that everything will work out. So he prays that, but he doesn't stop there. He then says, I want you to pray that, so that's one prayer request. And then the next one's not really related to it. He says, I want you to pray that the offering that I'm taking back with me to the Jews in Jerusalem will be acceptable to them. Now, why would he pray that? Why wouldn't an offering be accepted? Well, the reason we learned last week because Paul had taken up the offering in Gentile churches. And there were Jewish Christians in Jerusalem who were still immature in their faith and they didn't understand all this unity stuff yet. And they weren't real happy about Gentiles. And Paul was wanted to prayer so that they would not refuse the offering because it came from Gentile churches. Because Paul knew that if that happened, that would be horrible for the church. And he knew that it would be sinful, and he knew that it would create disunity and a lot of bad blood in the church. And so Paul says, I want, I want you to pray that the Jews will, I'll, that these Jews that don't like me, that I can get around all that, and then I want you to pray that the Christian Jews will accept this offering because when they accept it, it's gonna be great for the church, it's gonna demonstrate unity, but if they don't accept this, it could be bad news, so I want you to pray for that. And then he says, the third thing, I want, I, want you to, I, want to pray, I want you to pray so that when I come to you, that I will come to you with joy and I will be refreshed. 
Now, I like this part of the verse because here's what I, I think Paul is saying. And, um, and I'm putting a, little, a few words in, in Paul's mouth, and I want you to understand that. The Word of God is inspired and, and infallible and errant. Ed Kendrick is not. Okay, but I, but I really believe that this is what Paul was saying. When I come to you, I want to be refreshed. So when I come to you, I, I want us to have a good time. When I come to you, I want to be encouraged. When I come to you, I want to be inspired. When I come to you, I, want to, I, I just want to be just, just filled up and excited and I want to feed off of all your love for Jesus and I want you to feed off of my love for Jesus. And, I want to, and last week we learned he's going to ask him for a little bit of help as he goes on to Spain because he's going to Spain through, through, through Rome. He's going to say, I want, to, I want you guys to get me all, here's the way we might say it today. I want you to get me amped up. I want you to get me pumped. I want you to get me excited. Man, when I get to Spain, I don't want my feet to even be on the ground. I want to get refreshed while I'm with you guys. So he said three things I want you to pray for. Pray those Jews will, that don't believe, will, you know, I can get around those guys, they'll leave me alone, won't beat me up or anything. And then those Christian Jews, that they'll take this offering and, and, and that I'll be refreshed when I, when I come to see you guys. Now, now, what I want you to take away from that is this. Paul prayed for three completely separate things. And I want you to see that it's, we need to be in prayer for everything. There's nothing that's not important to God in your life. If it's a little thing that you need to pray for, and it's something that may seem insignificant and may not be a big deal, you pray about it. And you ask other people to pray about it with you. If it's something really big in your life, you, you, you pray about it. And you ask God to pray. It doesn't matter what it is, the circumstance, the situation. You go to God in prayer all the time. I, you know, my life is, is kind of a, I, you know, I'm not like, I'm not bragging or anything because that's not what this is all about at all. I'm just, I'm a Christian, just like you guys. And so my life is kind of marked by prayer. You know, during the day, I pray all the time. You guys do that? I pray little short prayers all the time, all day long. You know, I'm going down the highway, I look down, I'm going 65 and I look in my rear room mirror and I see two blue lights and they're not on yet. And I go, God, please don't let those lights come on. I'm praying to God, I made a mistake. I'm slowing down. I'm slowing down. Just wasn't looking, just wasn't looking. Okay. It's all good. Not long ago, he didn't answer my prayer, but that's okay. He loves me anyway. It's good. He loves me anyway. Loves me anyway. But he, the guy didn't give me a ticket. So I guess I did get an answered prayer. He just pointed his finger at me and talked to me sternly. But anyway. But you know, it's like that. It doesn't matter. Something you pray all day long. We should be in prayer about little things, about big things. The Bible tells us, I think it's in Thessalonians, to pray without ceasing. We ought to always be in prayer. And I want you to see that from Paul's prayer, that he's praying about three completely separate things. And we can pray about all things. There's, it's important to pray about all things. Matter of fact, the, in Ephesians 6.18, Paul says, pray at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplication, pray about everything. To that end, keeping alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Be praying for other people and all that. Colossians 6, 4, 2. In Colossians, to the church at Colossa, Paul writes, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Keep your eyes open, pray. See what God's doing. Thank him for the blessings he's bringing. And then, there it is, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So my question for you is this, what do you need to be praying about? Everybody in this room right now has got something you ought to be praying about. What do you need to be praying about? Are you praying about it? Are you just thinking about it? And are you asking other people to pray about it with you? 
Do you have somebody maybe? Maybe you've got some friends, some close friends, maybe an accountability partner, somebody you can ask to pray with you. Is it something that you need to get online and send it to your pastors to pray about for you? What do you need prayer for? What do you need to pray about? What are you praying about? Who do you know that needs some prayer and what do you need to be praying about for them? Pray about all things. It's important to pray about all things. Another thing that we see from this is the importance of praying for God's will to be done. Now, now I know that some people have been brought up in ways, and and I'm just going to tell you, I I had somebody one time in a conversation, I was talking about praying for God's will to be done, and the person told me that when I pray for God's will to be done, that it's weak, that I ought to pray boldly that God will take care of it. I shouldn't pray for God's will to be done. I think that's ridiculous, and I think that person needs prayer because God's will is perfect, and God has my best interest at heart. And I'm going to always pray that God's will will be done. My desire of my heart might be for something to happen, but it might not be in my best interest for that thing to happen. And God knows what's in my best interest. So I want God's will to be done. And just because God doesn't answer your prayer the way you pray it doesn't mean the prayer hasn't been answered. And it also doesn't mean that God doesn't love you or that God doesn't care about you. God loves you so much that he's answering the prayer in exactly the way it needs to be answered or you old knucklehead would be in trouble. How many of you thank God for unanswered prayers? Anybody ever thank God for unanswered prayers? Let me tell you something. I I had a couple girls I dated back years ago before I met Nancy, and I thought they were the one. And I prayed, oh God, this is the one. Boy, I've seen those ladies lately, and I thank God for unanswered prayers. (laughs) I've seen the way they treat their husbands, and I thank God for unanswered prayers. And I look at the way their life has gone, and I thank God for unanswered prayers. <laughs> now, that may be a funny little example, but it's absolutely true. There's lots of things. I, there's times I've prayed for something so hard, and it hasn't come to pass. And then 10 years later, I'm going, boy, I sure glad that thing didn't come to pass. Now, why in the world did it turn out the way it did? Because God knew better than I knew. That's why we pray, and we go, God, I want you to. When I pray for you, if you're sick, if I go to the hospital bed, you could be on your deathbed. You call me to go pray for you, I'm going to pray that God will heal you. I don't care if the doctors say that you got 10 minutes. I'm going, God, I I don't know. You know, God, I want your will to be done in this situation. But God, I'm praying for I'm praying for you to do something that's going to astonish the world. He may not choose to do that. But but his will is perfect. I'm always going to pray for his will to be done. Because that's what we should do. God's will is perfect. It's his plan that's unfolding, not your plan, not my plan. The importance of praying for God's will. We can see this. Paul says it. So that by God's will, I may come. In other words, if I don't show up, well, that was God's will. And that's okay too. Because God's will is perfect. Paul is always more interested in God's will than his own will. Verse 32, again, he says, well, he says in verse 30, he says, strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. Pray for me. Pray for these things to happen. Pray that the Jews will treat me good. Pray that these guys will accept the offering. Pray that I'll be refreshed when I come to you. He said, so that by God's will I may come. If it's God's will, that those things will happen. If it's, and, 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 and we, that's really important for us because listen to me. Just because, you know, we, we figure things out. We all figure things out. And we think we know how they ought to end. And we think we know how things should go. And so very often our prayers are that something will happen a specific way. 
but we don't know what God's plan is. Now, we can still pray that it'll happen that way. God, I want this to happen. It's the, God says, pray for the desires of your heart. This is the desire of my heart. This is what I want to see happen. This, but here's where we get in trouble. When we don't get the desire of our heart, very often people get mad at God. Well, he's not listening. Yes, he is. Well, he doesn't love me. Yes, he does. He just knows what's better for you than you know what's better for you. And, and so he's going to answer it the way that it's supposed to be answered. And you know what you're supposed to do? Regardless of the answer, thank him for the answer. Thank him for the answer. Listen, I've had people in my life that have died, that I love, that died way too soon in their life. And I have prayed fervently that God would heal them. And then God did not help them get up and walk and keep on with life. They, they didn't make it. I don't get mad at God. There are people that walk around because a, a child died or a parent died. Or they, they're mad at God for years. Maybe they never darkened the doors of a church. Shame on them. Because let me tell you what happened. The moment they took their last breath, if they had a relationship with Jesus, they were healed. Perfect healing. And it's God's will. It's not our will. We belong to him. We, we're not our own. We belong to him. So we have to trust that his plan is perfect. What was the name of the movie, that, Nancy, that we watched the other night? About Jeremy. I still believe. Have any of you seen the movie, I Still Believe? Few people, raise your hand if you've seen that movie. Okay, if you have not seen the movie, I Still Believe, it's the story of Jeremy Camp, who's a Christian artist. He, he and, and you're going to know right off the bat, his, his wife dies. His young, but it's the story, and, and it was an incredible movie of faith. And if you haven't seen that movie, I still believe it's on Netflix, I think, or something like that. And you might have to rent it, but you can spend $3.99 on it. You'll waste more money than that on Starbucks this week. So you, you, you go, go watch it. It'd be well worth the $3.99 or whatever it is. It's probably $44.99 and I didn't know it. But anyway, <laughs> I probably bought the movie. I'm not real good at that stuff. You know, I get on Netflix and go, I just bought it. I didn't mean to buy it. I just wanted to rent it. You'd ever do that stuff? Although I just got to tell you all this. This is completely off subject. But Nancy and I just moved and we remodeled a little house. We moved into a downsize and moved into a house. I have a smart house. I can go at night and I can say, Google, good night. And all 914 lamps in our house go off at one time. <laughs> Used to, I had to walk around to every room because Nancy's a lamp queen. She loves lamps. Now I just go, good night. Lance. I got up this morning. I said, good morning. Certain lights come on. And he goes, well, good morning, Ed. Here's the weather for the day. <laughs> good news. Now, listen, when you get old, it's better to talk to things and try to push buttons. I'm just telling you. Okay. So anyway, but Paul is saying, listen, prayer is so important. And he's saying that, that, you know, you need to pray for all these things and pray for God's will to be done. And so and here's something I always want you to remember, and here's something I always want you to take away. Just, just remember this statement. However God answers your prayer, it was the right answer. If he says, nope, not going to do it that way, it's the right answer. If he goes, yep, going to do it exactly the way you wanted it done, it's the right answer. If he goes, well, I'm going to answer it a little differently than but I'm going to answer it, it's the right answer. If he says, you know what, I'm just going to wait a while before I answer it, that's the right answer because he's God and we're not. 
It's always the right answer. And then just for those of you, if you're a little skeptical about the praying for God's will to be done, think about Jesus. He's about to go to the cross to suffer the most horrific death, to be beaten and stabbed with a spear and a crown of thorns put on his head and nails driven in his hands and feet, spat upon, carry that cross on up to Golgotha. I mean, all this stuff is about to happen and he knows it, that it's all about to happen. And he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says, Father, he's talking to God, Father God. He says, God, Father God, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Don't make me go through this. If you're willing. And then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's how you pray. Because God's will is perfect. And Jesus was the perfect example. So today we've learned some important truths about prayer. We've learned that it's important to ask for prayer and to pray for others and to be there for others. Because listen, Paul's talking about unity. Remember the last part of the verse, the, the, the scriptures here that we've been looking at in Romans? And guys, let me just tell you something. If we're ever going to love each other the way we're supposed to love each other, and we're ever going to genuinely have unity, and we're going to genuinely care for everybody and our brothers and sisters, no matter what color we are, no matter what, where we're from, if we're ever going to get this right, we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other. And we need to get involved with people that are different than us and pray with them. You can believe that? I believe if we'll do that, it'll help us out tremendously. You know, one other thing that I believe, I'm confident in this. Prayer is really important. And I believe that, as we've learned today, that it's a critical thing that we do in our Christian lives. It's a great thing that God has given us prayer that we can go. I'm always amazed that we can go to God and pray. Go to the God of the universe. I can go to him and he listens to my prayer and knows my name. I'm amazed at that. But I believe that there is a prayer that makes God smile with a broader smile than any other prayer. And it's the prayer when someone says, I'm a sinner. And today, I recognize that I need you as my Lord and my Savior. So today, I commit my life to following you. You know, the Bible literally says that when one person repents and one person, one sinner comes to know Jesus, that there literally is a celebration in heaven. That prayer causes a party in heaven. And maybe you're here today and you've never prayed it. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. Maybe that's the case. There's not a magic prayer. It's not about just uttering a prayer and then going about your business the way you usually go about your business. But if you have a genuine and sincere desire to have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe something that was said today, God spoke to you through it. Maybe through a song that was sung today, maybe through a lyric to that song, maybe through one of the scripture passages that were read or a verse you know, that was read, or, or maybe through a prayer that was offered, or maybe through a conversation you had with someone out in the lobby, that somehow, some way today, something happened in you, and you know, and, and God spoke to you. Maybe today is your day to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If that's the case, 
close your eyes right now and give me the privilege of leading you in a prayer that is the best prayer you will ever pray if it's genuine and sincere. Just pray this. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. God, I am separated from you because of my sin. But today I realize this and today I want to make this right. So I'm coming to you right now and I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins, past, present, future. I'm I'm asking you to cleanse me, to forgive me of my sins. And I'm asking you to take away all the unrighteousness from me and make me one of your children. I'm asking you to save me. And right now, in the best way that I know how and the best way I understand it at this moment in time, I'm committing my life to following you, to be one of your children. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you made that decision today, we want to know that you made it because we want to help you. We'd like to come along beside you and answer your questions that you have, maybe send you some information to help you on your new journey. And So a couple ways you can let us know that you made that decision is one is you can take one of those little cards in the seat back in front of you and, and fill it out and um, you know put a prayer request on the card or whatever. And, um, or you can go to, the, go to the information desk and tell somebody you made a decision to follow Christ. You can get online and text or, or email us and let us know. You can text us, call us. Just let us know that you made a decision to follow Christ so we can help you in your new journey. Maybe you're here today and you are a Christian and maybe you just maybe need to recommit your life to Christ or maybe today you've not your prayer life hasn't really been where it needs to be and today you're making a commitment for that. Let us know. We'll pray with you about that, about helping you to be more committed to that. I don't know what you need, but you let us know. I promise you, we'll pray for you. CJ's going to come out in just a moment. She's going to dismiss us. But before she does, can I say a prayer with you guys right now? Father, I just love these folks. God, I, I am so privileged to get to be the pastor of this place. God, what an incredible calling on my life. And Lord, I I really do love these folks. And Lord, I pray for them. And God, I pray that you will bless them. And and I pray that you will help keep them on the right track and that their lives will be pointed towards you. God, that they will grow each and every day in their relationship with you. God, I pray that you'll keep them safe. Right now we're in this unprecedented times and there's this virus that's out there and and it affects different people in different ways. And God, it's just, it's just, causes a lot of anxiousness and uncertainty and even fear. So God, I pray that you would just keep us that away from us. And God, that you would do away with it. Father, just as quickly as it came, I pray that you'll make it go away. God, that the people that are dealing with it, that are sick with it, they're in hospitals. God, I pray that you'll bring healing to them. God, and God, I pray that a vaccine will come about quickly that can help people not get this stuff. And I don't know what means you will use to deal with all this, but I know that your plan's unfolding. The Bible tells us your thoughts are not our thoughts and your ways are not our ways. And we fully trust you. And we pray, God, for your will to be done in all of these things. We pray this in Jesus' most high and holy name. And everyone here said, amen.